Why don't you go ahead and find a seat? Now, tomorrow is an important day in the church's history. I know, I know, we most typically think of Halloween. But tomorrow is also Reformation Day, a day that in many ways centers around a door. You see, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk, nailed a series of disputes and declarations to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg, sparking a movement to reform teachings and practices of the church that were in conflict with what is seen in God's word. So the Reformation affirmed that salvation is on account of Christ alone, by by grace alone, through faith alone. A door, literal or figuratively, a door is what allows people, things, ideas, and teaching to pass through into our midst. Or it keeps them separate, shutting them out. So that Wittenberg door and the events surrounding the Reformation direct us to set our eyes on yet another door. For it was Jesus who said in John 10, verses 9 and 10, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The state of the church at the time of the Reformation was distracted at so many different points in its history It had lost its grip on the all-sufficient one thing that it needed. Instead, it acquired several different things it thought it needed for salvation, life, and truth. It had lost sight of Christ and Christ alone. Let's sing of that more. So what makes us church? What makes us saints? What makes us children of God. John 8, 34 through 36, Jesus said this, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It is Christ alone who is sufficient for our salvation. He is the only one who can free us from our sins. Now we often spend time reflecting on our days what was good, what was bad, what brought joy, what was difficult or challenging. But Jesus also invites us to reflect on ourselves, our actions, our thoughts, our words. See, we know the difference between right and wrong. Intuitively, we know the difference in many cases. And in others, it's our families who have instilled in us an understanding of those differences between right and wrong at an even deeper level. As we reflect upon the things that we have done that we know to be wrong, the words that we have spoken that we know to be destructive, as we think about how we have lived and acted more out of our own selfishness than of the concerns for others, Jesus invites us to confess those sins, to acknowledge them as wrong, to ask for his forgiveness. And this isn't so that our Lord can lord it over us, but in order that you and I would know how his forgiveness extends to us, releases us from the guilt and burden and enslavement of those sins. Remember Jesus' words. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed.
Let's take a moment of silence to reflect upon those things and to confess those sins and to seek his forgiveness. Listen to this. In the stead, and because of the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's continue to sufficient for our salvation, but it's Christ alone who is sufficient for our daily lives. But I don't mean we'd reject the care of doctors because Jesus will heal us. It is Jesus who heals, but most often through the work of doctors. It doesn't mean that we wait around because God will feed us with food that will fall from the heavens, although he is the one who does provide us with our daily food, for so many of us through Kevin and Bon Appetit. No, this is more in response to the question of in whom do we put our trust each day? Who do we turn to? Who do we seek in need? In the last hours before his crucifixion, Jesus spoke candidly to his disciples about the trouble that they would experience in the world. But then in John 15, 33, he said, But take heart, I have overcome the world. So today is the day to remember that we will find peace in our daily lives only in Christ alone. The author of Psalm 46 said it with these words that I would like us to read together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gave way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In the midst of the psalm, God responds in verse 10 and says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's think about that. Jesus explained to his disciples that not only would there be troubles in life, but in many cases, the world and people in the world would often be the source of tribulation because of their faith in Christ. That there would be those in the world working to undermine Christ, his work, and his word. But in John 14, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If Christ is the cornerstone upon which we are built up together, then his word is the voice of truth 
that anchors us in the midst of all things. In the world, there are so many conflicting voices and messages, including those who would say, it's all right. We can add all those things together. There doesn't just need to be one voice. It's better to pick up the best of everything. In fact, the best answer is to have the blending of as many voices as possible to undo the bias of any one single voice. But in faith, we take a stand to say no. Christ is enough. His word is sufficient for showing his truth, exposing our own rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live up as God would desire for us, for us to be shaped in our relationship to our creator as well as in our relationships to one another and for the tasks and the lives that he has called us to. But it's hard. It's hard to hear his voice distinguished from the cacophony of noise in the world and in our own heads. And so our prayer is that despite those who would desire to replace the word of God or who would desire to drown out his voice, seeking to wrestle us away from his kingdom and his care, Christ would keep us steadfast in his word. Christ and Christ alone. Will you stand and join me in a word of prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks that you came into this world in order to take upon all of our sin upon yourself as you journeyed your way to the cross, being crucified so that we could be forgiven. In the midst of all the things we experience in this world, Lord, we ask that you would help us to cling to you and you alone, for you are the only source of life and mercy and forgiveness and grace. We thank you for your disciples and many others who have fallen after them, who have clung to you and proclaimed your word of truth so that we too could come to believe and trust in your name. Lord, there's so many voices that are at work in our own lives and in this world that it is often difficult for us to center in on your voice and your word and your truth. And so we pray for your ongoing work of your spirit in each of us. That in all these things, we would hear your voice constantly calling to receive forgiveness from you, to be anchored in your life-giving promises. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Before we get ready to go, why don't we go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Go with that peace.